January 29th, 2013. Episode 6, Hypocrisy and Hope. Welcome. Hopefully welcome back. If you're fed up with liberals, corruption, dirty politicians, bankers, Ponzi schemes, and Big Brother invading your privacy, well, you're always welcome here. Make sure to drop by our website at mad-yet.blogspot.com. There you'll find simple and easy links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and our podcast. Now, let's see what I have to say in my new article. As in my previous articles, my goal is to spotlight what I consider problems within American society today. In this article, the word problem is synonymous with hypocrisy. Let me point out just a few examples first off. 1. How about Mayor Bloomberg dodging questions about his retention of firearms and the harassing of the reporter who asked the question? Not to mention the exempting of government officials from carrying firearms. It's okay for them to have weapons, just not you. Does this sound remotely fair to you? 2. Why is it that you need an ID and a background check to buy a gun, but not to vote? Can someone please explain that to me? Imagine if we had background checks for voters at voting time. I'd be fairly certain Obama wouldn't have won the last election, specifically because it's inconceivable that he won 99% of the vote in a 100 Ohio counties. Election fraud is a long-standing American tradition at this point, and if you think it isn't, you're living in a fairy tale, friend. 3. If assault weapons are so bad, why is the government, specifically DHS, buying 7,000 of them for personal defense. This is suspicious as hell because of the dozens of reports of DHS stockpiling tons of hollow-point ammo over the last year. And that's just the ammunition we know about. Imagine the ammunition we don't know about. Now, ask yourself, why does a domestic law enforcement agency need that much ammo? 4. Are you aware that rich Americans are leaving tax-heavy states for less tax-heavy states? Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods are only recent examples. There are even reports of Tina Turner finalizing her Swiss citizenship. I assume your imagination can do the rest as it pertains to why she did such a thing. The rich are leaving areas. Some are even leaving the country due to increased tax burden. And it's time that you think about doing the same. 5. Can you explain to me how liberals can put together a gun control bill in just a few days, but they haven't come up with a budget in over four years? Is this what you call effective? Why do we put up with this hypocrisy? If you weren't aware, America was founded by people leaving oppressive despotism, burdensome taxes, and the lack of freedom to worship as they saw fit. They grew tired of tyrants telling them what they could say and who they could say it to. The shot heard around the world was a pivotal moment for mankind as a whole. Common men and women had stood up to tyranny in the past, but this was one of the first moments when citizens openly knew it was their obligation to defend against oppressive governments. Senator Dianne Feinstein talked about gun rights in her speech last week. But if you paid particular attention to the speech, you noticed something strange, something microscopic, something sinister. These silver-tongued devils, called liberals, use words to obfuscate their true intentions. If you listen to her speech, you will notice she used the term legal gun rights. This simple, short, and seemingly innocent word went almost unnoticed, but it was intentional. Now I have a question for you. 
what are illegal gun rights. How is it that this sinister, liberal, and evil witch can assume the right to tell you what your rights are? She goes around making speeches, telling you about what her goals are, and how everyone needs gun control. Never once does she explain how she retains the ability to tell you what your rights are. She never once explains how she can assert the right to take those rights from you to anyone within the sound of her voice. Here's a secret she doesn't want you to know. She can't. She doesn't have that power because you didn't grant it to her. She somehow assumes she has this power. And I have a little quote from my Marine Corps drill instructor that has stuck with me since boot camp. Assumptions are the mother of all F-ups. Your rights are on a piece of paper called the Bill of Rights. Furthermore, the Bill of Rights is only a piece of paper. It acts as a reminder to what we all retain innately from a higher, some would call it a divine power. You can call that power whatever you want. Hell, go pray to Big Bird or Oscar the Grouch if you want. It makes no difference. The fact remains, no person, state, or government can take those rights away. You need to understand that you have natural rights. These rights preempt legal rights, as Thomas Paine explained very clearly in his book The Rights of Man in the late 1700s. The Second Amendment was written very clearly. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. She is ignoring this on purpose, which is a slap in the face to the principles this nation was founded on. It is treason, period and the first senator or congressman that has one of these liberals arrested on these grounds would be heralded as a national hero in my humble opinion. Can you say fast track to the White House? More government control. As I have clearly defined in my past articles, government is about control and nothing more. Government is a beast, and this beast's only goal is to control you and everything around you. Whatever they can't control, they ban. Restrictions on light bulbs and cigarettes are just the beginning. Bans on soda drinks, internet gambling, raw milk, and even feeding the homeless are more proof of this. Your own government, seemingly, consciously, is aware of its own mortality and has enacted safeguards to make sure that it survives so it can continue to control you, no matter what. This safeguard is called the Continuity of Government Plan. Richard Clark clearly discusses this as far back as 2000 and a YouTube video that I've attached to my article. This is not conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy fact. We are stuck with government or order in some form, no matter what. If the world fell apart tomorrow, we would have families that would lead communities, and communities that would lead cities, and so on, and so on. The Internet is full of people declaring that we need to end government. Ending government will solve nothing. I do not subscribe to the typical anarchist theology. It is flawed, and human nature proves that. Anarchy is what we as a culture should try to avoid at all costs. Anarchy leads to wasted time, resources, and the loss of human life in most cases. Such an ending would be unfortunate for all parties involved. The only time I would subscribe to any anarchy would be in the pursuit of more liberty, and that would be a cost worth paying and many nowadays agree that we have reached such a point. I must point out, our founding fathers probably would have already been on the government capital lawns with shotguns by now. Today's society just sits and accepts this oppressive, fascist, dictator's edicts, hoping someone will come and save us.
No matter how gung-ho Rambo you think you are, we as a culture are tame. Some would even say docile compared to the founders of this nation. Until someone has the military-like bearing to stand up and assert their will upon this regime currently in power, until you have shown the backbone our founders did, you can't sit there and claim how patriotic you are, and neither can I. But it does help to know who to look up to as an example, and we should all look up to the fearless men and women who founded this nation, not for who they are, but how they acted in the face of near certain demise. Then ask yourself, when is it okay to overthrow the government, and is it the right move? Is distrust of government bad? Most independents have a healthy distrust of government, and that is good. It means they won't fall for everything they are fed by the mainstream media or dishonest politicians who have lobbyists stuck to their legs like leeches, pushing corporate agendas that aren't beneficial to any of us. Citizens distrustful of government see things normal Americans don't, and such things help us retain our liberties more often than not to the liberal agenda scathing our nation. Such vision should be applauded, but rarely is. In fact, most propaganda encourages people to think of these citizens as crazy or even unstable. Most people teach their children not to believe everything they see or hear. It's human nature to distrust things. If someone calls me paranoid, I just smile and say thanks. It brings to mind a quote from Joseph Heller. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't after you. As stated before, Distrust of government is openly mocked by the mainstream media as aberrant and sometimes even a disease. WebMD classifies this as a mental health disorder called paranoid personality disorder. They plan on using these terms and diagnoses against you to advance their agenda even further down the road to communism. Obamacare, combined with current legislation like Dianne Feinstein's draconian gun control bill, would work in tandem, joined at the hip, to restrict or outright steal your ability to own firearms. Due to this propaganda from the powers that be, most people see distrust of a government as a bad thing. The communists, like Feinstein, Obama, and other prominent liberals, want to ram the glorious fiction that guns are somehow bad for America down your throat. They would claim that your guns could get up, walk over, and shoot you and your family in the head while you're sleeping if they thought you were dumb enough to fall for it. Your ability to fend off these attacks on your intelligence depends on your ability to ask questions and not trust everything you hear from these liberals using media against you. Mental health, specifically drugs administered to patients diagnosed with mental health problems, hasn't been accepted or involved in any discussions with liberals that I know of. This is because they know the real problem behind these mass shootings we continue to see are the drugs. SSRI drugs are so widely distributed throughout our society, they are readily available to almost anyone. Some of the side effects and the adverse reactions are the following. Now understand, what I'm about to list are external things that you can notice in anyone using these types of drugs. Apathy. Lack of purpose or caring, leading to further depression. Fatigue. This can lead to poor decision-making ability, depression, and other neurological disorders. Insomnia, increased risk of anxiety disorder and other problems up to and including schizophrenia. Increased depression, which leads to panic attacks, making them unstable for society. Mania and other psychotic disorders, also known as psychosis. Akathisia, the inability to sit still, aggravated ADHD symptoms. Renal impairment, kidney failure, 
look for yellow eyes, vomiting, dehydration, diarrhea, nausea. Do they have thoughts of suicide or other forms of self-punishment? Look for cutting, burning, or hitting themselves. Look for marks and bruises and other outward signs. Are they photosensitive? Paresthesia, feelings of pins and needles on the skin. Watch for the subject to scratch themselves. Disassociative disorders and cognitive disorders. They distance themselves from social groups and are unable to make rational decisions and can even display outward signs of dementia and even delirium. Higher risk of suicide in children and adolescents. Of 74 studies registered with the FDA on these types of drugs, 37 were recorded with positive results in academic journals, while 22 studies with negative results were not published. 11 more showed negative results again and were published in a way that conveyed a positive outcome. This implies that the pharmaceutical lobbyists, lawyers, and big pharma strong-armed the FDA to get the results they wanted so the drugs could be FDA-approved and sold to unsuspecting citizens. This implies criminal intent, period. Yet no one is accountable for this travesty. Now, I'm no expert, but what I can say is that if you're a doctor and you prescribe SSRIs to anyone, you could be doing more harm than good. And for the left to simply ignore SSRIs and mental disorders altogether and instead blame the guns for the problem is tantamount to ignoring the problem altogether. There are even lists online to verify the validity of this argument, but no liberal wants to have to put that into any discussion, because this isn't about guns. It's just about control. Here's a quote from dear old Senator Feinstein. If I could have gotten 51 votes in the Senate of the United States for an outright ban, picking up every one of them, Mr. and Mrs. America, turn them all in, I would have done it. I could not do that. The votes weren't there. This was on CBS 60 Minutes, February 5th, 1995. This is proof positive that this woman has an agenda. Liberals will keep attacking from every direction possible until they get your guns, which it looks like they are starting to realize they can't get the votes necessary to achieve. They will try to tax your gun rights out of existence or even push magazine bans which John McCain openly states won't do anything to solve the problems. They will push limits to online ammunition sales or even feature restrictions, which we all know doesn't affect the performance of the weapon in any way whatsoever. A firearm's effectiveness is based on ballistics, not external ergonomic features. Using their logic, a Corvette with a four-cylinder would be just as fast as one with an eight-cylinder. We all know that this is a thought that would make Dale Earnhardt turn in his grave. Even their gun buyback programs aren't working, as they have recently run out of money in some areas. There are so many guns in America, they simply can't get them all, even if they tried. In many cases, these gun buyback programs are ineffective anyways, because people simply get rid of old and inoperable weapons and take the money to go buy new, more advanced firearms. Gun control doesn't work. All it does is create black markets and send overt demand to covert markets. Senator Feinstein's bill would also enact a $200 tax on all grandfathered firearms. How is that fair? Those firearm owners already own that object. They already paid a tax at the time of its purchase. This is double dipping by the government. It is outright extortion from honest, law-abiding gun owners. Feinstein's bill would furthermore prohibit the transfer of firearms and force 
all grandfathered weapons to be forfeited to the government upon the death of the owner. Let me be clear, this is gun confiscation from future generations. Period. When do we start asking the hard questions? Ken Huber of Tawa City recently wrote an article called What Has America Become? This article asks some hammering questions, questions that need to be answered and quickly. His questions hit at the heart of the matter, and you will never get an answer from a politician on anything like this, because they might alienate some of their voters. This make-everyone-happy attitude is driving some serious wedges into every segment of American society today. The following are his words. Has America become the land of the special interest and the home of the double standard? Let's see. If we lie to the Congress, it's a felony. And if the Congress lies to us, it's just politics. If we dislike a black person, we're racist. If a black person dislikes whites, it's their First Amendment right. The government spends millions to rehabilitate criminals, and they do almost nothing for the victims. In public schools, you can teach that homosexuality is okay, but you better not use the word God in the process. You can kill an unborn child, but it's wrong to execute a mass murderer. We don't burn books in America. We now rewrite them. We got rid of the communist and socialist threat by renaming them progressives. We are unable to close our border with Mexico, but we have no problem protecting the 38th parallel in Korea. If you protest against President Obama's policies, you're a terrorist. But if you burned an American flag or George Bush in effigy, it was your First Amendment right. You can have pornography on TV or the Internet, but you better not put a nativity scene in a public park during Christmas. We've eliminated almost all criminals in America. They are now called sick people. We can use human fetuses for medical research, but it's wrong to use an animal. We take money from those who work hard and give it to those who don't want to work. We all support the Constitution, but only when it supports our political ideology. We still have freedom of speech, but only if we are being politically correct. Parenting has been replaced with Ritalin and video games. The land of opportunity is now the land of handouts. The similarity between Hurricane Katrina and the Gulf oil spill is that neither president did anything to help. And how do we handle a major crisis today? The government appoints a committee to determine who's at fault, then threatens them, passes a law, raises our taxes, tells us the problem is solved so they can go back to the re-election campaign. What has happened to the land of the free and the home of the brave? And this concludes Ken Huber's article. You, as a free-thinking human being, need to look inward, recalibrate your moral compass, and start steering away from this despotism, idiocy, and oppressive crap we as a society currently put up with. You need to start seeing things from a different perspective. What kind of perspective? In closing, and I apologize for showing my geekdom here and possibly invalidating everything I've said, but I think it's relevant. The character of James T. Kirk from the Star Trek series created by Gene Roddenberry is widely considered a cultural icon. Not because of his surreal pausing of sentences or because of his ravaging of alien women in stories of galaxies far away. No, this character is considered a cultural icon for what he stands for. A person who beats the odds. Every time. We, as a society, haven't had something like that in a long time. I bring this up because of a quote that was said by this character that has stuck with me since I was a child, and I hope it brings things into focus for you. 
The quote goes as follows. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. What he was referring to was the Kobayashi Maru test. Gene Roddenberry created this as a no-win scenario for his characters to graduate their academy. I use this example because of the mention of Mr. Heller previously in this article. His novel Catch-22 was about a no-win scenario. Kirk's character represents the antithesis of this novel's subject matter. He is resourceful, smart, and capable. All things despots, tyrants, and liberals hate to deal with. Start thinking in these terms. Prevent the liberal agenda from steamrolling you. Start finding a way to make the system listen to you. Too many people have just given up. They just go along to get along because they feel they have no voice. This simple quote might be the one that drives someone's perception of reality away from feeling helpless. Thanks for listening. Keep checking in and keep sharing my material if you agree with me.